But again, this year is becoming extraordinary. Since we started, I think today is the first time, and that was even a vision of the night, that I'm seeing something to deal with, which we're going to be dealing with on Thursday. I choose Thursday for two reasons. One, we want to concentrate heavily on what we are here for tonight. Two, I want every one of you to have time, as many as your family members, wherever they may be, that you can get to engage with this fasting on Thursday. Make them do so. Amen? Amen. We are going to be counseling every agenda for any premature death in any family. And we keep that for Thursday. But other than that, amazingly, today God began to show me things. And everything God has shown me so far, apart from this one I mentioned, there is yet nothing to deal with. It's still all about revelations of glory and blessing. You know that I will seek the Lord and live. The tone of the messages this year is not the usual tone. Yes, the first thing God showed me, and I didn't understand it when he showed me that until I was in the office a few minutes ago. He showed me a man I knew many years ago who used to be a financial director in a government house. And of recent, physically, I met the man somewhere. And he was telling me, I miss you. But I don't believe the words of people who have hurt me. And they never come to say, I'm sorry for what I did. Because I don't know when they'll be flattering. I, I forgive you, but I don't believe them. The only thing, it doesn't, it doesn't touch my love. It touches my trust. That's the only thing. And anyone who trusts those who have hurt you that are not repentant, it's not goodness, it's foolishness. So, but I saw this man in a revelation, and I realized he was trying to kiss me, and I was resistant. So, <laughs> after him trying so hard and I'm resistant he just said to me I bless you with all I have and walked away and I'm looking at him like what do you have I didn't know what prayer to pray concerning that revelation because I like the word blessing but I didn't like the person I was seeing but it's just this evening that the Lord explained to me. I was using the office you knew him in last. As a financial director in the office of the governor. To explain to you what I'm up to tonight. That's why be careful with revelations. You never hear <laughs> my interpretation. That's why the Bible says no... Revelation is of any private interpretation. 
The second thing I saw, man of God, was for you. And I was glad. And we're also going to pray for you as a church. I don't know why God arranged you into this meeting. A, a pastor friend of mine, bishop friend of mine from Japan was supposed to come in next tomorrow. But because of you, I told him not to come. I saw that we were in church and I was standing here to preach and I called you and I don't know why I called you. But as you came to this place, you changed your shoes and you picked a brand new the shoe was so beautiful golden brown shoe that I stood where I was and I was admired you just picked the shoe wore the shoe and the shoe blended with the cloth you were wearing and you were stepping down I shared with my wife you want to say something please come I was like in the afternoon today, I was praying that, that the, uh, God, I need a grace upon the servant of God upon my life. And that was the confirmation of all the Lord. You got it. <laughs> wow. He was in his hotel praying. God was in my room showing me. All the way from Seralo, he can't collect grace. Fear people in Sierra Leone. I've told you their story before. Their hunger is dangerous. You got it, man of God. We're going to pray for you. Before you leave, we're going to pray for you as a church. The third thing I saw was as if, I don't even know who we were, but I was among them. We're giving foodstuffs to share. Plenty, but I, I was in, it's, it's as if there were some old men, very old men, that were sitting like supervisors. And some people said we should not give them. And I said, no, we should give them. The people that said we should not give them said they don't need it. They are sitting like supervisors. They have. I said, no, this is not about needing this is about honoring them because of their age and their position. So somehow I managed to convince the group and we took some of the food stuff. I was the one that took quite much and I came to where they were sitting and I gave them. They were about three. Three old men. The youngest among them should be if I'm to classify their age in the natural. The youngest among them should be in the neighborhood of 85 and above. But it looks as if they were already getting upset. Maybe somebody didn't treat them right. I don't really get. But when I brought those things, and they told me, they said, there is an instruction they wanted to pass. But since I'm here, they know I will pass the instruction. And they said to me, God bless you and bless your group. Just carry the things for us into our car. Let's go. And I was carrying that when the vision left. And it was about one in the afternoon. Something is going to happen. 
to somebody's destiny this very night. I cannot deceive myself and tell you I think everybody. I don't know how many people but I do know that levels are changing this night. Let's go to it. Let's go to it. Hallelujah. We were talking about the things involved in the manifestation of the glory of the latter house. Number one, get strong. Number two, synergy between the priests, the governors, and the congregation. Number three, walk. Number four, divine presence. And number five, enduring and surviving divine shakings. And yesterday, we dealt exhaustively with number one, which is how to be strong. Today, we are going to deal with the matter of the synergy. I thought we were going to do this yesterday. And that was why I made some, some declarations I made yesterday that God was going to ordain some governors. But I think I, that amen is not encouraging. Now, don't follow me to speak soft. I'm trying to help myself. You just be on fire and get what is meant for you. But I think that was ordained for tonight. Amen. Because I'm going to, be, be, we're talking about the synergy generally, but I'm folk, I realize that everything that was given me by the Holy Spirit focuses exclusively on the governors. There was, I, I tried to ask God many things today. Is there a way I can be able to select them? But a few thoughts that came into my heart, I didn't see them as relevant at this time. So I decided to leave the selection for God. But I can only beg you one thing tonight. Open your ears very well. And take every instruction. Be simply true to yourself and true to God tonight. He's an extraordinary strategist. He's an impossibility specialist. The ability of God to raise somebody usually does not depend on your level before he starts. Hello? What is synergy, first of all? It simply means the combined power of a group when they are working together, which is usually greater than the total power we can all achieve if we all work one by one. When we are talking about synergy, we're talking about if all of us put our force together, what can we achieve? And it's usually higher than you do your thing, you do your thing, I do my thing, everybody does his own thing, different, different, and we bring it together. The power of synergy is much higher than all that. And what I intend to use that to describe is for us to understand how kingdom blessing for kingdom purpose and kingdom advancement works. One of the things I know about God is that anytime 
God show you something new you didn't know before. He is bringing you to a new level. Amen. New revelations is usually a push to new heights. New levels. Can I hear you say amen? amen? And there are some things you're going to see that you probably may not have known before because I did not know some of them as deep as I'm knowing them tonight. Exodus 25. I'm going to be running very fast. So please listen very, very attentively. Exodus 25. Just to establish kingdom synergy. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skin, dyed red and badger skin and shitting wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense, owning stones and stones to be set in the effort and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. One of the things that need to be adjusted in the Christianity of this generation is... The mentality of the church work is the pastor's burden. That is, I find out all true scriptures, it is the greatest enemy of flow of wealth in God's house. God did not intend it to be so. And I just show you a first example, and I'll tell you something the Holy Spirit told me after explaining this. God wanted to build a sanctuary. And he said, Moses, speak to the children of Israel and tell them to bring me an offering. And God was detailed and specified about the offerings they must bring. And they charged, Moses, your job in it is that I've showed you on the mountain. Everybody say vision bearer. Vision bearer. Now they bring the offering so that what I showed you can be replicated. Amen. The way God intended the kingdom to run was the vision bearer should receive from God what should be done and how it should be done. The governors and the people should fund it exactly the way God described it. And God said in verse 8, let's read verse 8 one more time. And let them make me a sanctuary. And what will happen? If they make it, what will happen? I will dwell among them. So God is like, okay, when they execute what I want, then my presence will come in. And you know that when his presence comes in, the glory has come in. Come on, help me somebody. So you understand that. While I was going through scriptures, and I'm going to show you so many, the Holy Spirit said to me, there are twice in the scriptures, at least in the Old Testament, that the burden both to build what God wanted to build fell on the same person 
who also should do the preaching and it was in the generation of judgment Noah 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 was both the preacher and the builder of the ark and nobody was saved apart from his family the spirit of God said to me it has never been my pattern in fact that is one of the things that have twisted my servants into businessmen and so many of them are pursuing money and they began to have distraction and they began to make the money at the expense of standard and the world took it against my church hello every other person here by God's original standard and pattern every other person sitting down here could do business yes, sir. but not this man it was meant to be a partnership i do the business of the spirit you do the business of the money i get what god wants us to do you supply what we need to do it every time it was done like that things were perfectly done in the kingdom let us take a few examples in the bible before i now show you what your role is my belief is that when you catch your role tonight please listen to me when you catch your role everybody say when i catch my role and god sees a ready mind to execute your role then what you need to execute that role will be released that is how governors are going to be made tonight. If we had all the time, you could read this scripture on. It was so serious that God included even the clothes Aaron, Aaron will wear. Even the perfume. God said, there are people I have appointed to do that. And God called them men in whose heart I have filled with wisdom whenever you hear wise men think about rich men because the bible said the crown of the wise is their riches come on talk to me somebody the truth is fools don't make money fools can inherit money fools don't make money it takes strength and smartness to make money from out of nothing god was that specific God was that specific. So, let's flow. And I'm glad that I'm not preaching this message on a day that I'm raising funds. Because some people will see it as fundraising strategy. Hello? Hello? Let us start from the Old Testament. Should we? Hmm. What do we do first? Let's do Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 7. Let me just take one or two from the Old Testament and then we we'll run. This matter is so serious that every time God wants to build in the Bible, listen carefully to me please. And he doesn't find governors in his house. 
he goes for governors outside the Jews. So I, I, I can now understand how we, the body of Christ, got to the place where unbelievers have to build our churches for us. God bless you. It was never God's intention. God's pattern, he's always so jealous of it that he loves to maintain it. Whenever he needs to build, he needs governors. He needs governors. And if he doesn't find the governors among his people, he will go for hidden governors. May God not use hidden governors to build for us. No wonder because when hidden governors finish building, another hidden governor will come to destroy. I want you to, you, okay, you might not be able to watch this because you're not a pastor. As a pastor, one of the things I have watched consistently, I cannot point, I cannot point any Christian organization in Nigeria that has been helped and funded by worldly politicians that the standard of integrity and purity and consecration is still intact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I cannot point one. I cannot point one. We are not here to point accusing fingers. If we were here to point accusing fingers, I would ask you to name any. Any church you know in Nigeria that worldly politicians have helped with their money and I will tell you what went wrong. Hello? Confirmation rainfall is coming. The, what I just said is so serious. That listen to this some time ago a pastor younger than myself who used to submit to another pastor bigger than myself and he was on a 40 days fasting and the Lord spoke to him to leave the pastor he was submitting to and come and submit to me and he came to ask me some questions by reason of experiences he has and this is one of the things he said my wife is aware of that. I don't know if Masuche is aware. He said his former mentor took him to a gathering of politicians. And they sat down and started mocking pastors here in Port Harcourt, here in River State. And the man that brought him went out. And he saw the way they were mocking pastors, including the man that brought him to their meeting. And they asked him, you, who is your mentor? Because at that time, he has had the revelation to come to me, but he has not come. He said he told them, it's Pastor Henry Young. They say, ah, ha, ha, ha. So he asked them, that, do you know him? He said, we know them. They say, our business as politicians, any church that is up to 200, we know the pastor. We know them like the back of our palm. So he asked them, it's okay, so why do you say, ha, ah, what happened to Pastor Henry Young? They said, and he said to me, they said, and I quote, they said, the man has not eaten yet, so he's still preaching the truth. He now asked them, what about the man I came here with? They said, he used to preach the truth before until we gave him something to eat. And he ate, and since he ate, now we and them now. 
nothing again. So, he now told them, he now said, ah, Pastor Henry Young, that man will not change you. He will not bend. They say, ah, we, we, the man is just stubborn. But we believe that everybody has a price. That we are still monitoring him to find out the right price. That once we get the right price, he will bend. He told me exactly the place where the meeting was happening. I won't tell you. Because I don't know who will hear this tape. Hello? Okay, but where did it start? Why is it that there are so many politicians that fraternize with pastors, but with all the fraternizing, they still do all manner of horrible things? Because I don't know, I don't know. Maybe pastors forgot that our job is not to lean on these people. Our job is to mentor them and rebuke them when they are wrong. And the reason is because when the, the Bible says gift blinds the eyes of the judge. He that pays the piper talk to me. Does what? Determines the tune. He that pays the piper determines the tune. And, and let me tell God help me. Before one of the one of the previous governors that helped a lot of churches in Portacourt, before he left office, we faced his temptation. Some of you were not aware. A man walked into my office one day with the man who sold this property, who sold this land to us before we built, and introduced himself as so so and so. He's an evangelist. His son, I think, is the CSO of the governor. And that his son said he wants to wed in our church. And I said, is your son a member of our church? He said, no. I said, so why does he want to wed here? He said, the governor told his son, before I leave office, I have less than six months to leave. Before I leave office, one of the things I want to do for you is to give you a grand wedding for being a good CSO. But... His son chose our church. He, he, he was telling me as if it was good news. So his son, they've all agreed they will bring the governor down. They will do this, they will do that. I said, sorry, sir. Unfortunately, what it takes to wed in our church, your son can meet it. Number one is either you are a member. If you're not a member, the person you want to marry is not a member, you have to come here and sit down as a member for six months first. Before you can even talk to marriage committee. And I said, before that six months, governor would have left office. You know what he told me? He said, I'm a pastor, I'm a, I'm a man of God like you. You are the one that made these rules. I said, yes, sir. He said, you can change it. Big thing is coming to you. I asked the man, I said, why, where does your son worship? He told me the church. I said, why does your son not want to carry the governor and his team and all those good things to his church? He said, well, I don't know. This is what he told me as his father. Yeah, he said the road is bad. I said, that's the more reason he should take the governor there so the governor can fix the road. There was nothing they did not plead. Do I need a letter from government house? I told them, this is not about who is behind. This is not about who is coming. If I break the rule I made, then I'm not qualified to lead people. Yes, 
and they left my office. Okay, the King Godwin is aware of what I'm talking about. When they left my office, two days later, I went to the man who sold this place to us. That's the first time he's asking me for a favor. But I couldn't grant it. I went to his house. I said, Chief, I'm sorry, sir. I, I was wishing that one day you can ask me for a favor I can do. But painfully, the favor you're asking me is the one I cannot do. I just came to your house to let you know I have nothing personal against you. But I can't bend things. I am sorry I offended you yesterday. He said, Pastor, offend. You did not offend me at all. In fact, you proved to me that you are what I have been thinking you are. He said, I told my friend that if he's Pastor Henry, he will not agree. But my friend was feeling like I don't want to help him. And since my friend is connected, I don't want to lose his favor. He now told me, say, me and your deacon, your men's president, we used to talk a lot. So I may not be in your church, but I know about that church. And a few dealings I've had with you. So I just brought him so he can come and see for himself. In fact, I would have been surprised if you had agreed. Now, what got us into all this? Just imagine that thing. I could, I could have chosen to look at it as open door. But see how that so-called open door was coming. It was coming on the platform of changing the rules. This is why God has to raise somebody, some people, as our own governors within Judah. For the building of the house of God. Do I get any better amen than this one? Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 7. Moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. We can go on and read. They gave him letters and all that. Let's not waste time on that. But what's the point? Nehemiah picked up a burden to rebuild Judah. And at that time, Nehemiah was not a governor. He was just a cup bearer. But he said, I can't do this without governors cooperating. Ah, Jesus. Is there anybody that is anointing to be a governor in the house of God can fall upon? So, he said, King, give me a letter. Let me meet the governors on the other side. Let them help me. King gave him letter. King even gave him letter to give a man called Asaph so that they can give him timber from the king's forest. All that happened. Hello? Governors are always needed to build God's kingdom. Let me hear you say louder, Amen. amen. What can we say about Nehemiah himself? Nehemiah himself started out as a cup bearer. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1 quickly Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1 The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakaliah And it came to pass in the moon Chislew in the 20th year Thank God for this 20th year As I was in Shushan the palace Verse 2 
that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Verse 3. And they said unto me that the remnants that were left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem also was broken down, and the gates were burned with fire. Verse 4. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. What do I want to show you? He was just a cup bearer. You're going to see that very soon in verse 11. But he had the burden of a governor. He was just a cup bearer. But he was carrying the burden of a governor. In the sight of the living God, your burden is your strength. Because anything that does not pain you, you can't change. Anything you are not passionate about, you can't make impact in it. Verse 11. Read verse 11 with me. One, two, go everybody. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants. Who is the first servant himself? Who are the other servants? The servants of God that are interceding. Okay? Who desire to fear thy name and prosper? Who desire to fear thy name and do what? I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. That's the king. For I was the king's cup bearer. He was just a cup bearer, but he had the burden of a governor. Chapter 5 verse 14, quickly. Chapter 5 verse 14 God is going to help every one of us And you're going to come out from the realm of Christianity Of only having a burden for your own needs That is what is ruining things in the body of Christ Burden for my own problem My own need My own business My own money My own child so what is happening to us that's the realm many christians are operating so either when we don't get that thing we want we get frustrated or when we get it we feel a sense of arrival you are bigger than that let me say again you are bigger than that how much can you eat one of the things every man in this church that is blessed can testify is that the richer you become the less appetite you have the richer you become the less appetite you have so god is god has no problem giving you food god is not looking for people who are in need of food god is looking for governors who want to carry the kingdom Chapter 5 verse 14. Are you ready to read with me? One to go everybody. Moreover from the time that I was appointed to be their governor. Ah. In the land of Judah. From the 20th year. Even unto the 2 and 30th year. What year did he hear the story that made him feel burdened? 20th year. What year did he get appointed to be governor? I pray that in this 20th year, God will ordain you a governor tonight. Yeah. 
but the question is what are it about what is it that makes you weep and mourn what is it that makes you cry don't you cry that girls are dancing naked on tv and my message cannot be on every television station does that worry you at all the greatest limitation to god's blessing is selfishness the moment he picked the burden and began to do the things that were the job of governors god said you can't remain a cup bearer you are due for the next office what you are the burden you are carrying is the burden of a governor it's not the burden of cup bearers and since you have the burden if i allow you remain a cup bearer the, that burden will not be you you won't discharge you won't build so i have to change your status i pray that god will find people here tonight that god will change your status i want to say two more times i pray that god will find you worthy to change your status i pray that god will find you worthy to change your status to ordain you a governor in judah when you get home read the rest of nehemiah nehemiah's burden was a crazy one sometimes others will be sleeping nehemiah will sneak out to go and see how bad situations are in order to know what to do hello god said nehemiah because you have this burden for me before other governors begin to grumble when the king is giving you favor before they try to spoil the king's mind i have to upgrade you first so you can have the same authority they have as governors The question, what burden do you have? What burden do you have? What burden do you have? Is it a burden for self-gratification? Or is it a burden for kingdom expansion? What burden? Help me ask your neighbor, what burden do you have? What burden are you carrying? As we go on, you're going to see what people that have this burden do. My, I'm just praying for one thing. That that burden will fall on your heart. Tonight. The moment that burden falls, your level has changed. Do you, do, you, do you believe the word of God? That's what happened to Nehemiah. Hello. You know, it's amazing. Put Second Chronicles 36.22 for me. It's amazing how God does this thing. I said something to you before. That if God can't find a governor among his people, he will even go for a hidden. God always needs kings to build. You, not because he can't do without them, but our God is such an orderly God. There is a way God apportions things in life. Come on, somebody talk to me when god raises a man I, I i said some time ago everything is coming together now i said some time ago in every realm of life there are gatekeepers there are financial gatekeepers in this life 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Have you seen some people that were working for somebody and one day they got angry, I'm not going to work again. And after all, you are not God. You are not my God. I can live without you. And they resigned. And they were hungry for as long as it will take. If you don't understand God, you will think God is partial. God is not partial. God is a God of order. Just like in your house, if you're a big man, there is somebody responsible for kitchen. There is somebody responsible for clothes. There is somebody responsible. Do you understand? God is like that. So there are gatekeepers in every session. And God does not change gatekeepers based on your personal sentiment. So when we are talking about governors tonight, we are not talking about governor of River State and governor of Jigawa uh, uh, State and governor of Delta State. We are talking of governors of finances. We are talking of financial gatekeepers. Men and women that God will put in a position, put money and power in their hands because of his kingdom. Now, this is one scripture that amazes me. It's a scripture that demonstrates how that God wants to build. He couldn't find a governor among his people. He chose a hidden. Yes. And God is not intimidated by position. But why could he not find a governor among his people? Because he saw nobody with a burden. If he's, God bless you, the heart. If he sees somebody with a heart, he will raise the person to the position. If he doesn't see somebody with a heart, he doesn't just raise people anyhow. This same thing we are talking about is still the reason unbelievers are still in charge. Because not too many Christians have developed the degree of kingdom-mindedness that God is looking for. We have been introduced into a butter and bread gospel. Gospel of self. So many young sisters are in church. They are looking for one thing, husband. Finish. That's why when they marry, they get out of the choir. When they were single, they were committed. They were bubbling. They were always there. They were changing. The moment they marry, choir is over. Why? They don't get within the define. Many Christian businessmen in church are looking for one thing: breakthrough. We often seem not to see the bigger picture. The unbelievers are looking for how to take nations. The unbelievers are looking for how to control territories. The Muslims look at almost everything that catches attention in the world. The Islamic world is buying into it. Arsenal Football Club Stadium is called Emirates Stadium. Real Madrid Football Club Stadium is called Emirates Stadium. Where is Emirates? Dubai. Barcelona Football Club Stadium. They are clothed. They wear Qatar. Where is Qatar? Islamic world. Who is the owner of Chelsea? A certain Ibrahimovic. They are trying to... There was a time our own Dangote wanted to buy Arsenal. See, today he still wants to buy it. Man City. Etihad. Abu Dhabi. Where are Christian rich men? The, 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 the Islamic world is mindful about kingdom expansion. That is why some presidents can come up in a nation and say I'm pursuing Islamic agenda. Anything you want to do, do. Christian presidents will rise and hide their Christianity. 
Christians prefer to maintain their position, not lose their position, even if it offends God. The Muslim leader, we, I told you, and I've told you in this church about a man that was being pushed to be governor in River State some time ago. And they brought him to me. And after we talked, I told him, I said, sir, he was a senator then. I said, I'm going to lead you into a covenant. Yes, sir. I can't be part of anything that will not glorify Jesus in this state. Yes, he said, Pastor, I don't have a problem with that. So I wrote a covenant and I gave him. And he went to Abuja. He read it. He flew down from Abuja. He said, Pastor, this covenant is too tight. I said, what do you mean too tight? He said, there are certain clauses in it you need to change if I must sign it. I said, like what? He said, you wrote a clause that as governor of River State, I will not directly or indirectly support any faith that is not of Christ. Whether with personal means or state resources. I said, yes, sir. He said, no, you have to change that one. I said, why? He said, I have an agreement with some of my Muslim friends that are helping me out with my political ambition in the north. That if I become, that's the only thing they asked of me. If I become governor of River State, I should build them a large mosque in Portacot. I felt like, I felt like God, let me just die. What kind of life is this? I asked him, I said, how many northern governors are having an agreement with some power mongers, mongers in, the, in the south to build a church in their place when they become governor? Why do you people sell us? So I told him, I said, I'm not removing that clause. He said, then I won't sign it. I said, no problem. Then I'm not, being, I'm not going to be part of those praying for you. He said, whether you pray for me or not, I know those behind me, I'm going to be governor. I said, oh, sure. I did, am I God who appoints? But at least I'll be satisfied that I was not part of those that destroyed the faith of Christ. Well, I thank God he didn't become. He died even before the primaries. Yes, he died before the primaries. He died. He died before the primaries. But look at the way he's reasoning. And you know what he was asking me that he said, Pastor Henry, what is your problem? Are you not happy that a man of my caliber want to be a part of your fold? You. I'm quoting what he said. I told him, I said, sir, you didn't bring me this far. You didn't bring me this far. And without you, I can get to where I'm going. You need me more than I need you. Well, the person that took the seat instead of him invited me. I refused to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do, are you getting what I'm trying to paint? What is the what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying grow up in your mind and stop thinking granite and biscuit. Others are taking the ground where they plant the granite. And next in the factory where they make the biscuit. Christians are saying, just give me granite and biscuit. In the world, you can hear Islamic Republic of. Which country is Christian Republic of? This 
things Jesus saw in his generation and Jesus cried for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of the kingdom. I was somewhere when the second to the last Biasa state election was holding. I was somewhere in Lagos with some powers that be. And one of them said, no problem. Jonathan doesn't know how to use power. So Buhari came to teach him how to use it. Many, many Nigerian Christians, including, including many Nigerian politicians, Christians and non-politician Christians, are fighting Obasanjo today. Nobody remember that Obasanjo was the first president that built a church in Aso Rock. That your presidential villa was built with only a mosque for many years. And I was close to people that were close to Obasanjo. Obasanjo nearly died building that church. Because all Islamic wicked spirits were unleashed against him. When you heard during when Gali Naaba was speaker of the house, the, mo the motion of impeachment against Obasanjo was because of the church. It had nothing to do with any patriotism. I want you to look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, let your mind get enlarged. Christians go to church only looking for solution. Muslims go to the mosque looking for responsibility. That's just the problem. And God is a God of principles. God's principles is that those who want responsibility should have higher authority than those who just want solution. That's the, that's the issue. That's the issue. When I saw so, some Christians celebrating the motion of impeachment against Donald Trump, I laughed. One, number one, I knew it, wasn't, it was never going to work. You cannot remove who God put. And what were the Nigerian Christians that were celebrating? Hey, you know they give visa. You know they give visa. The Muslim world was responsible for that motion. And the reason were two things. Number one, the man had the audacity to move American embassy to Jerusalem. Authenticating Jerusalem as belonging to Israel. That's their fury. That's number one. Number two, that is the only president in the whole world that has been able to look at your president eyeball to eyeball and say stop the killing of Christians in Nigeria. And some Christians are saying, eh, I said no, they give visa. Make them remove them. Hi. Sometimes I just feel like God is sitting in heaven and say, why don't my children resemble me? Why are they so selfish? We were in New York when all the noise was going on. Mommy asked me, would they succeed? I said, where? Uh, at some point, the man said he's going on vacation. <laughs> and some people don't understand. Why does Donald Trump talk the way he does? 
because he is the only president in American history that self-sponsored himself. So he doesn't owe anybody anything. Do you know how much he takes home as salary every month? One dollar. He said, I don't need the money. I make about 200 million from my businesses every month. So $400,000 as my presidential salary every month. I would not have taken anything except that it's against American law if I don't take a salary. So give me one dollar. You know, it, one of the things we have to try and do is get informed. For four solid years under Obama, ISIS was ravaging. In less than one year, this man stopped ISIS in Iraq. That's why the, the Muslim world is furious. Hear this. What makes God chooses you as a governor in Judah? Number one. I'm jumping now. Let me leave it. We'll come to it. We'll come to it. Hello? Second Chronicles 36, 22. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Pesha, the word of the Lord, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Pesha, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, verse 23, thus saith Cyrus, king of Pesha, all the kingdoms of the earth, had the Lord God of heaven given me and he had charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem which is in Judah who is there among you all his, of all his people the Lord is God be with you let him go up Cyrus said God has, God has told me to build him a house may God not pick hidden to build for him in your generation I'm not his people though. <laughs> I'm a hidden. I'm a Gentile king. But the God of heaven gave me my kingdom. And he told me now to build him a house in Jerusalem. My question, where were God's people? And I say, who is there among you that are his people? Because I don't know how to do the building. The only thing I can do is release the phone. Who wants to go and build? You know, it's laughable when Christians sit down in church. We want to build a church. We want to do something. Then we look for one unbeliever, one occultic politician, one indecent businessman, and making chairman in a church function. And when he comes and donates big money, Christians will start clapping. Has Israel no song? Why do the Philistines occupy Gaza? And don't forget, it's not about means, it's about burden. Once God finds their heart and sufficient burden, he will give the, the, the empowerment. I have watched Christian politicians come to me for prayer. And I say to them, 
for power to be given sacrifice has to be dropped and i watch the sacrifices they drop and it's laughable it's laughable let them ask their satanic occultic counterparts the sacrifices it takes them to get to where they get to hello the whole world is attacking tight attacking giving in church a cousin of mine who has been in politics for so many years and at some point he said he's not going again i said why he said pastor they will not let me grow beyond this point if i don't join them and we were discussing one day and i was talking about the embezzlement the stealing he said pastor there's no way you can be in certain offices as a politician in nigeria and you won't steal i said why what for is your salary not enough he said their salary can be enough even pr can be enough but the deals you pay in the court he said the deals you pay in the court you always need to steal to meet up He said, that, he said, this one you're telling me, stay, you will climb. He said, and I mean day there, and I mean no waiting day. Hello? <clears throat> mm. Let's look a little bit at the New Testament. This issue of synergy between the governors and the priests. Luke 18. Sorry, Luke 8. Not 18, look 8. Is God warming up any governor's heart? Look 8, verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Wow, what a powerful ministry! And the 12 were with him. How many of you would like our ministry to go like that? Taking this, this message to every village and every city and every town. See what made it happen. Verse 2. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary Magdalene out of whom went out seven devils. Three. And Joanna Take note of this one. Read it with me. Read verse 3 with me. And Joanna, the wife of who? Who is chooser? The special assistant to King Herod. His wife was a member of Jesus' ministry. And see what the Bible said she and other women do. And Susanna and many others which did what? Come on, talk to me. Which did what? Minister to Jesus. How? Their money. That was why in verse 1, he was able to go to every village, every city preaching. There was a synergy going on. We're in a generation, people that are not giving a thing in church is asking, Pastor, why are we not building church there? Why are we not planting church there? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not helping the poor? He's not giving anything, no. And I laugh sometimes when I hear those things. 
I laugh sometimes because I say do we need to publish the offerings on Sunday so some people can just calm down a little bit with certain governors like Joanna and the other women to take the gospel everywhere they said master they preach we did our own not to pay the bills I can imagine Joanna saying ah my husband the government house for nothing Go ahead. Where you want to go now? He said, Decapolis. Say, let's go. How much? How many sheep do we need? That was why Jesus never raised fund one day. There were governors who <laughs> were ready. <laughs> mm. I don't know which pastor. Is more anointed than Jesus. None. That's Jesus. Let's check out the apostles. Acts chapter 4 verse 36. Acts chapter 4 verse 36. One of the things I have seen in recent day christianity some christians once the money begins to be big even to pay the normal tithe is a problem one of the things pastors suffer genuine pastors in nigeria i don't know if it happens in sierra Leone. you will see some caliber of men in the church and you will envy the pastor and you may not know the man is giving nothing Somebody was talking to me about a certain pastor. He said he doesn't have problem. I said, why do you say so? He said, ah, so so person is a member of their church. I said, so how does that mean he doesn't have problem? He said, me, if I just have one member like that, I'm okay. I told him, I said, are you a pastor at all? He said, yes. I said, you know nothing about church. So I picked my phone. I called the pastor he was talking about. I put it on speaker. I said, so, so man, I lie is a member of your church. He said, yes. I said, when was he in church last? He said, ha, he don't reach four months. I said, man of God, man of God to man of God, when last did you see his tithe? He said, like three years ago. The pastor that was talking to me carried his hand on his head. And those are all the accusations they are heaping on pastors. This last time I went to Sierra Leone, you guys told me to come and pray for the minister. I said, yes, I will. But he has to put it in my own time. It's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. I don't commit myself to man. This is the time it will be convenient for me. Will the minister stay for that time? 
If he doesn't stay, leave it. Because I don't hunt for opportunities. I, what I, if I lay hold on a leader, what I'm trying to do is mold him. I'm, I'm begging God, give me one governor that will listen to me. When I finish guiding him, his state will have a taste of what it looks like to have a Christian governor. I am not looking for connection. If I want it, I can get it. I am looking for authority. Acts chapter 4 verse 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. Verse 37 having land sold it and brought the money and laid it on the head of the apostles some people have not even done that in the church and they are trying to dictate to the pastor what to preach You know why the, the apostles so named this man son of consolation? They must have seen enough trouble, enough suffering, that when this man came with his governorship attitude, they were comforted. Pastike. Bring your, your hanky and come and lay it at my feet. By the grace of God, I'm an apostle, right? Come and lay it at my feet. What does it mean? You cannot lay something at somebody's feet without bowing down. Joseph was saying, I am giving this heavyweight offering but I give it in honor to the grace you carry. I am not here to dictate to you. I am not here to dominate the church because I am blessed. I am here to do my part. Whatever you do with it is between you and God. Acts chapter 9 verse 26. Acts 9 verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he assayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. 27. And who? And who? Barnabas took him. And brought him to the apostles. And declared unto them. How he had seen the Lord in the way. And that he had spoken to him. And how he had preached boldly. At Damascus. In the name of Jesus. What was Barnabas doing here? He said apostles. Come. He said apostles. Don't be afraid of him. Trust me. Trust me. 
don't be afraid of him i've spoken with him i've proved him he has told me his encounter and i know he's genuine receive him receive him receive him he was the influence of barnabas that made people like peter receive paul that's a governor's job but if barnabas was a carnal rich man how can he disciple because one of the challenges in the body of Christ is that not many rich men are spiritual. Very few of them. Very few of them. And let me tell you something. Okay, we're going to get there. If you are going to be a governor, you have to be spiritual. <laughs> I say you have to be spiritual. Let's fly. Let's fly. Let's fly. Because my time is gone. Today you're going to give me a little more time, okay? So now, what is my role as a governor? Number one, you must have a strong and unstoppable passion for sponsorship of the gospel. Everybody say sponsorship. No, you didn't hear me. Say sponsorship of the gospel. You must grow beyond a Christian who is looking for his own belly. Hello? How many of you know that physical governors... When they give a location, not be food, then they take and chop. You have to tie roads in places you may never even drive apart from the day you went to commission it. True or false? Please help me. Hey, please help me. I want you to raise your mind like that. When you rise into certain offices, other people's problems become your headache. For God, you say what? Number one, you have to have a strong and unstoppable passion, a crazy mad obsession for the sponsorship of the gospel. Strong and unstoppable. First Chronicles 29 from verse 1 to 3. Quickly. First Chronicles 29 from verse 1 to 3. Are you giving me that scripture media? First Chronicles 29 from verse 1 to 3. Furthermore, David the king. Do I have your attention? You're still writing. You have to have a strong and unstoppable passion for the sponsorship of the gospel. Let me explain. The passion, one, you have to have the passion to sponsor the gospel. Two, that passion has to be strong enough. Three, that passion has to be unstoppable by anything. One of the things God is concerned about is that there are so many Christians, if he raises them to that office, a little thing will make them change their mind. A little thing. A little thing. A little story, they change their mind. Pastor didn't say one word right, they change their mind. God is concerned that he can take you and lift you. And what he wants you to do is his word in the mouth of Henry Young. Spread it in the whole world. But the day Henry Young rebukes you, you change church. God is concerned about that. Because God is not a waste of resources. That's why your passion has to be strong and unstoppable. Furthermore, let's read the scripture. David, the king, of, the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone the Lord has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. Tell your neighbor, God's work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. 
Now I have prepared with for the house of my God the gold for the things of gold. The governors don't tell pastor. Pastor, why don't we go for the other cheap thing? Some time ago, somebody came and told me he wants to buy us the microphone. I said, give us the money. He said, no, he wants to buy the microphone. I said, you may not buy the type we use. He said, how much is the microphone we use? I told him, he said, must we use that? Is it not just to talk and people will hear? When we were building this church, a brother came and told me and mommy one day, he said, why are we putting tiles on the altar? Don't you know that children will play here and angel? I asked him, I said, but there are tiles in your house. Don't you have children? Because to him, church is a pleasure park. For the house is great. For the palace is not for man. But for God. Sirs, this is why when we build church, I want the best of everything we can afford. I'm not a waster. I know what I'm doing. If you can have granite in your house, why should the church of God not have granite? Why? Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. Gold for the things of gold. And the silver for the things of silver. And brass for the things of brass. The iron for the things of iron. And wood for the things of wood. Owning stone and stones to be set. Glistering stones. And of diverse colors. And all manner of precious stones. And marble stones in abundance. That's a governor talking. Moreover, everybody read verse 3 with me. Want to go. Because of the affection. Ah, I have set to the house of my God. I have of my own proper good of gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. It's from this scripture I picked the name of our, of our final cathedral. It's going to be called Holy House Cathedral. It's on the way. I can see it in the spirit. Our real headquarters. Welcome to Holy House Cathedral. <laughs> That's why God is looking for governors. This one is not about fundraising. This is about governors. Tell your neighbor it's about governors. Ah, no, 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 no. If you know I'm talking to you, tell somebody this is about governors. Campground. Campground. With the Holy House Cathedral sitting in the middle. It was the church building showed me the first time. This is not what was showing me the first time. That's why I always knew that this is a preparation ground. The man said, because of my affection, that's strong passion. What is unstoppable passion? Did you remember when he talked about building this house, what God told him? Yes, sir. Come on, help me now. Yes, How many of you remember? Wave your hand if you remember. 
he woke up one day that is how governors think he's he, he the man of god didn't come to raise fund the man of god didn't come to say we want to build a church he, david just woke up in his house one day he said who is there at the palace court they say his messenger this he said go on please go and get me nathan the prophet nathan came he said man of god you know i'm ashamed of myself that i'm living in a house of cedar and the ark of god is dwelling in a tent so he, i i decided it's time to build god a house and the man of god said wow king are you serious he said yeah that's what i couldn't sleep at night synergy the man of god said fine go ahead see the element of submission there he thought of it he asked the man of God we're coming to that point the man of God said fine go ahead build God is with you only God can put that in your heart he said okay thank you as the man of God left and went home God said go and tell David that he should not build I love what I've seen in his heart but he's been a man of one. His hands are defiled with blood. I don't want the building stained with blood. So why are we calling occultic politicians to build? Governors must arise here. Tell him that because of what he has imagined. What are we do for him and his family? He won't build though, but for conceiving it in his heart. I will tell him, I will build him a sure house. Listen carefully. How you play your role as governor in Judah will affect your family in generations to come. You can't cheat God. It doesn't happen. If God takes you and lifts you as a governor, to build his house how you play that role will affect your children and your children's children god said tell david that for that thing in his heart i will build him a sure house i will raise a seed from his loins his name will be called jedidiah the beloved of the lord and he is the one that will build me the house i will make sure he has no war in his life so that his hand will not be stained with blood but because you taught it i will make sure until shiloh comes there shall not fail a seed from the loins of david to sit on the throne in israel david said lord you didn't allow me build but can i prepare the money unstoppable passion some people a little thing they hold back their tight and it makes me laugh i i dealt with a case of a pastor that used to submit to me ah my god the brother got a breakthrough that the pastor prayed for and within the period he he got the breakthrough the pastor was blessed by another person with a car and when he saw the car he decided to hold back his tight you know what people do in church is diabolical. He 
fell back his time. And they asked him why. He said, if I pay time now, you go carry and go buy motor. Now, so so motor, they buy these days. Listen, listen. I keep saying this to people. If you don't trust the pastor, there's no point being under his ministry. Just go and find the one you can trust. How much passion do you have to walk with me and build? I'm not talking about the physical church. I'm talking about building people for Jesus. What can stop you? What will you see? And you'll get angry. Man of God, how old were you before your father died? 30 something. So, did your father ever offend you? Did he do anything from the day you were born till he died? Did he ever do anything you didn't like? Because that your father is an angel. There is. Why did you not renounce him and change your father? You know it's amazing how an imperfect Christian says I will not support that pastor because it's not perfect. What am I talking about? Once the devil gives you a reason that can stop the passion, God will not trust you as a governor. Hello? Do you know in the days of Nehemiah, the priests had abandoned the priesthood because of suffering. That's how powerful governors are. It was Nehemiah that went first. Say, why did the priests run away from their job? He realized that their portion was not being given to them. So he rearranged it and made sure that their daily portion was given to them. As soon as he put it in place, he now went to the priest. It's okay. Make gonna come back. Everything is all right now. A governor restored backsliding preachers. A governor without passion. Who said, "Why am I killing myself?" Even the priests are not in the temple. I bet make I go stay for palace where they. See pastor now. I even come church. Pastor no come. Yeah, I try. You know how many people won't come to church if I travel for one month? They will ask the rest of you that came, Dickin, you go to church today. Pastor Henry, don't come back. He never come. He never come. <laughs> church never serious now. When he come back, you tell us. May we overgrow that. Oh no, talk to me. I said, may we overgrow that. In the mighty name of Jesus, may we overgrow that. And all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave the portion of the singers and the potters every day his portion and they sanctified holy things unto the Levites and the Levites sanctified themselves unto the children of Aaron. This is what a governor can do. 
And now, please listen. I'm not saying to you that when a man is preaching for Satan, go and pour your money. I've always said, and I maintain that, any day I start preaching what is unscriptural, do me two favors. Number one, tell me, talk to me. I'm doing anything wrong, tell me. Pastor, see what you're doing. See what scripture says. It's not right. If I don't repent, take a second step. Call my father in the Lord. Tell him. Here waiting your picking the preacher. You know the Bible. We don't want him. No one here. If he cautions me and I refuse, you're free to go. I bless your going. Maybe if you go, I look around. I don't see anybody. I will rethink. But I promise you, I'll never do that. Before it gets to that point, I'll drop the microphone and resign. Never. 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 It's never going to happen. In fact, I do not know any other thing that is not in the Bible to preach. Strong, unstoppable passion for the sponsorship of the gospel. Number two, there must be a true and healthy submission and loyalty to your man of God. Plenty of examples, but time will fail us. Hello? Let me just give you two examples. I, I mentioned the scriptures. You read them when you get to Nathan and David is a good example. Hello? Everybody say Nathan and David are good examples. Then Saul and Samuel are bad examples. David was loyal and submissive to Nathan. The day him as the king slept with Uriah's wife and killed Uriah. Nathan came in and said, King, I came to see you. He said, Welcome. He said, There's a man in your kingdom. You know the story now. See what the man did. David said, Ah, that man deserves to die. In this kingdom, what kind of man is that? He said, King, now you. David said, Hey! I have sinned. When David decided to build God a house, what a noble thought. Nathan came back and said, God said, don't build. It's not you that we build. Your hand is filled with blood. But I will reward you. David said, no problem. Can I give to my son to build? Do you know how many rich people in church they will do before they even tell pastor? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They will do. They will not even ask you. Who are you for them to ask you? After all, it's their money. Is it your money? Nathan, now your money, I want to build them. Now you want to say my hand full with blood. All this time, why they give you something, they chop. No, remember, say my blood, day my hand. I have made up my mind to build it. I'll build it. That was what killed Uzziah. Compare with Saul, the man Samuel 
anointed you. And you know what impresses me about David? It wasn't even Nathan that anointed David to be king. It was Samuel that anointed him. Samuel was dead, but this is the man God chose now. Saul, the, David, the, the Samuel that anointed him said, God said, make you go Amalek. Kill everybody. Oh, I remember how they fought against Israel. I learned something from that scripture. Listen to me. When if God will raise you as a governor, you cannot help those who fight God. Did you hear what I just said? Because sometimes in church we want to be extra nice. We want to be nicer than Jesus. God said to Saul, I remember what Amalek did to Israel when they were coming out. They fought Israel from behind in the wilderness. Go and finish them. Saul said, no problem. I go. Saul went, selected the one he would kill, selected the one he would use for sacrifice, selected the one he would carry for trophy parade. The man of God was praying. God said, Saul, has disobeyed me and he, he pains me that I made him king. I regret. God used the word, it repented me that I have set up Saul as king. May God never regret promoting you. Amen. That amen is becoming weak. Amen. May God never regret promoting you. What happened? He said, Saul has stopped following me. Samuel went, Saul. Saul said, Man of God, welcome. I've done everything God said. If you're going to be governor, God needs total obedience. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasures will go. David said, uh, Samuel said, uh, What's the meaning of the bleating of the sheep? And the lowing of the oxen, if you have done everything, is that that one? Well, the people just said we should get them for sacrifice to your God. Who are you interested in pleasing? God who lifted you, or the people who will never have chosen you if God asked them to vote? Finally, Samuel said, let me tell you the word of the Lord. God said, does he have as much pleasure in sacrifices and burnt offerings as in obeying his voice? For to obey is better than to sacrifice and than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry listen to me there are too many christian men who god wants to raise as governors but they are too stubborn you know what god wanted if your pastor say stop you stop i called somebody today and I was talking to him about somebody. I said, this person has been exhibiting this madness for a while now. And I called him several times to call him to order. 
He wouldn't pick my call. He wouldn't return my call. When he hits the rock, I'll be here waiting. One of the problems God have is that some Christians overgrow their pastors too fast. Some Christians forget the oil that lifted them too quick. Sometimes when I look at some people who have attacked me and I remember where they were when they came to this church. I say, God have mercy on them. The Bible said in the book of Revelation, hot not the oil. God said to Saul, to Samuel, by the mouth of Saul, he said, because of this, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has also rejected you from ruling over his people. So you see, your position is directly proportional to your obedience. for governors i want to cut it here tonight we'll finish tomorrow because of time is that okay yes, tomorrow i'm going to anoint i thought i could do that tonight but i can't god is looking for governors but there's a heart he's looking for everybody said there's a heart he's looking for because you know money intoxicates i'm telling you the truth i said i'm telling you the truth money intoxicates money does what Money does what? Money intoxicates. Jesus calls it the deceitfulness of riches. But I, I want to say to you, because I know there are many governors sitting here tonight. Go and learn from footballers. Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, they earn about 500,000 pounds a week. But if their coach says sit down, they sit down. And the coach doesn't earn what they earn. If the coach says you're not playing today, they are not playing. If the coach says you're going to play 30 minutes and you come out, they'll play 30 minutes and they'll bring them out. And the coach doesn't end what they end. Some of them can pay those coaches. Hello, 500,000 pounds in seven days. How much will that be, Naira? How much will that be Naira? I'm looking for a member that will earn that amount in this church. And when I say, you're not going to work today, I want to see you and your wife because I don't like what you're doing. You will cancel work and come and see me. And not tell me, Pastor, you know the minister of environment is coming to my office today. I can't keep him waiting. learn from them learn from them these people that earn 500,000 pounds a week when they score a goal they will roll on the floor like children I want to see somebody who will earn that in this church and I want to see how you're going to dance when you start earning it I want to see your praise I want to see your prayer I want to see your attitude We continue tomorrow. Stand up.
If we take two days to make governors, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> Something has to change. God is, I can tell you. I, I, I don't know if what God is saying to us here is what he's saying to every church. But we are in a season. God is looking for men and women that he will put wealth in their hands. Amen. Real wealth. Amen. Real wealth. I'm not talking about money for Tokumbo Jeep. Enough of Tokumbo Jeep. Amen. We have tried. There is a time for everything and a season for every purpose under the heaven. I can feel this thing I'm talking about. But God is still waiting. Where is the heart? Where is the heart? Where is the heart? Where is the heart? What is he going to do? What is she going to do? In Every Day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts, lives are transformed in every way. Sorrow is turned into laughter. The saints are renewed every day. The sick are healed. The captives are set free. The troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies. At Lord of Hosts International Churches, Elio Pramwa Road, off Wimpy Junction, Mile 4, Rumepricom Port Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic, and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.